Joined on the line now by uh, Mr. Malchas Ngosiam Maskwam Gela Paku Metro FM Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Let me greet you, sir. And let me say evening to all the listeners the listeners of Radio Mac. Thank you very much. Um, often when we speak of this day, we speak of it as the Shabvalanga Day. Um, and many people the world over know certainly what happened in 1960 out in Shabville. Uh, but I think fewer people, certainly in our generation, know uh, what happened in Langa Township uh, in Dinaha on the 21st of March 1985. Maybe if you could just take us through what had happened. We do understand that uh, the crowd that had gathered was on their way to a funeral of eight people who had been killed in a prior confrontation by the police. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, in 1985, um, in fact, there was uh, the issue of the forced removal. And in 1985, on the 8th of January, uh, the then president of the African National Congress, uh, Oliver Reginald Tambo, uh, had made a current call that the government must be made ungovernable. Uh, the people of Yitnik have listened to that particular message and they've taken control of the struggle then. It's just that in 1985, in March, uh, three people were were killed, not eight. It was three of them. And that is the three people that the people of Langa uh, wanted to attend their funeral. Mm. Hopefully there were a lot of discussion in between up to the point where the anti-apartheid system was saying, no, 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 you're not going to have a mass funeral here. We'll allow only 10 people. So on the eve of the 21st, we were gathering at the old Apostolic Church. Uh, and there's a decision that was then taken that, no, we're not going to listen to those people. Further to that, the morning, uh, the people of Kalanga then gathered at the square at Matuna Road and they chose to walk patiently. Mm. You know? uh, they chose to walk peacefully and decided they would go by foot to Guanabus. Guanabus is another new township then uh, uh, at the back of the, of the CBD of Yutnik. Mm. Mm. So what happened is that... <clears throat> Um, as they walked down Matuna Road, uh, peacefully wanted to go and attend this particular funeral of the three people. Uh, further down, around about uh, half of Matuna Road, they then uh, find that there are police vans, hippos, and all these ammo cars of the of the apartheid system. So they then after that. Uh, blocked the road, and uh, the people could not pass. Without any particular proper warning, they then started to shoot rubber mm. bullets, which were followed by live ammunition, uh, and people were lying around being shot 
police force of the anti-apartheid. Now, to that place, um, they took their own time and put bricks in their hands and stones in the hands of those that were lying there. Others were running, seeking for refuge at the stadiums. Others were running uh, into the dam that was close to there, trying to find a way of going out. Then what they had done, as the people were lying down and the others were caught, uh, those that were caught during drugs, they had been shot, they were taken to the Utney Provincial Hospital. But if you are there, whilst you are taken by the police to that uh, provincial hospital, they will then wait for you that you get treated. Mm. When you have been done treated, you will then be taken into a police van and be ferried to the police station, which was called, which was a, 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 a church street in Whitney. Mm, mm, mm. Now, now. So many people mm, have run away as well yeah. after they found out that they were part of the grouping. Mm. That is, have been part of the protest going to the to attend the funeral yeah. peacefully. In in the commission yeah. uh, that subsequently followed, it seems the police were making the argument that they wanted to stop the procession from going to Guanobuche because you know there was a risk that uh, the, the procession of uh, the uh, community members from Kualanga would go and attack the white people. Uh, in the white part of Utenhague, and uh, of course, to get to Nobuchle, you have to go past there. Uh, what are some of your thoughts about that characterization, uh, and also the reality that I guess the police, according to the Kanamea Commission, were ill-equipped for this particular protest? They had lethal force of arms, and uh, subsequently gave the order to fire. Uh, that is a planted lie, because. How can people that are uh, going to attack uh, the police or uh, do any damage to the, during the town, uh, which are not carrying anything? Mm. Yeah, they were all people part of that. And what's amazing is that one of the people of the community was riding a bike. Yes, yes. Uh, moving in front, uh, making zigzag in front with his bike. Even by the time that they were stopping us, blocking us from going to Adabush, that guy uh, named Upoltwa, uh, mm. he was driving the bike. So there was no one carrying anything. People were wearing very nice, uh, preparing themselves to attend a funeral. Mm. That's all. Mm. So there was no one that was carrying any dangerous weapon or any kind of weapon. Even a stick for that matter, nothing mm. of that nature. Mm. People were walking peacefully. Hmm. Now, I, I guess the the other element, and we played a clip earlier on uh, from mm. that massive funeral that followed um, in the first week of April, uh, mm. which was addressed by, you know, uh, the former Archbishop Desmond Tutu, um and really, I guess, was a sign of many other funerals that would follow in Dungan Village, in Komani as well, in the same year. Talk to us mm. about that experience and uh, uh, to what degree, you know, a mass funeral was probably the first of its kind in Tinakh. No, by that time, you know that the organizations were banned, mm. the ANC and other political organizations. In Yutnik, there was an organization called the Yutnik Youth Congress. Mm. Uh, uh, stepping in as the 
uh, underlying uh, organization in a phase of the ANC that was banned. Some comrades in the Youth Youth Congress, they have managed to we talk to the black cells that here people are killed in, in Yudnik. Mm. What the black cells have done, they have called uh, U, U Reverend Ellen Busak. Unfortunately, Ellen Busak at that time, at that day, he was in America. So that's how it came to the attention of those people in America when he was busy addressing the people of America. Uh, he quickly get into a point of saying, currently where I'm standing now, uh, I've received a call that there's a massacre taking place in Yutnik in Kualang. Mm. Uh, that's how Abu Bishop Tutu also heard about it, and therefore, on the day of the funeral, they were forming part of that mass funeral uh, in Yutnik. Remember, the massacre took place in Kualang, but the mass funeral had to go and take place in Kwanabufi. Because we had this thing that, seeing that there's this force removal for people to move from Kalanga to Kwanabufi, uh, we felt that at that time that people all of Kalanga will ultimately, by this force removal, go to Kwanabufi. Mm. But there were people in, in Kalanga and uh, in the club saying, no, 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 we're going nowhere. You can do whatever you like. So those were, that were forcibly removed went to Anabuse and we thought, no, let's bury everybody in Anabuse Cemetery. That's mm. how it happened. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, talk to me about what subsequently follows. Uh, we're going to be playing some material later on in our show tonight from the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which includes, yes. of course, the gentleman you spoke of earlier on, uh, Mr. Pultwa, there's also Mr. Kubule as well, and a few others yeah. uh, who were involved on that day. But, I mean, talk to me about what has subsequently happened in the post-apartheid period. Earlier on today, our colleagues at Morning Live were speaking to you at the site of the Yutnaig massacre, um, you know, uh, or at the site, I guess, of the, um, you know, graves of the victims of the, the Yutnaig. Yes, at the gravesite. Uh, and you were raising a few issues. The one is around reparations, which, of course, the TRC report had suggested ought to have uh, been paid. And then the second one is the state of the memorial itself. Uh, so maybe talk to us about that, um, Gosiam. Uh, firstly, let me touch on the TRC. Uh, the TRC, which uh, has been compromised of the likes of, of Archbishop Tutu, may so rest in peace. Um, about advocating Kadenda and others. However, out of the TRC, uh, we believe that the, the report was done mm. and the report was about to be submitted by Advocate Kadenda to the then President uh, Nelson Mandela. But at the time, he was going to hand over the report uh, see the time it's when Utabombik was getting in towards Mandela was saying no uh, he needs to step down now so as he was doing so Utabombik was advocated was then handed the report to Utabombik but there was no action in relation to that particular report uh, as, I, as I say now that instead Utabombik could put the report on the table he the report under the carpet, which is 
for the victims, the beneficiaries and the survivors, it was a painful time to hear such things. Mm. And to be honest with you, the only uh, kind of reparation inside of the government in relation to this case of the uh, those that were mass uh, murdered by the anti-apartheid, you know, the apartheid government, they've only received 2,000 rand. Hmm. And uh, for us now to um, just recently hear that advocate president has been appointed by the MPA mm. to finalize the report of the DRC and submit it to them for a case to be taken further. But what does that it's mean? So, so, so the report was not finalized in 1999? In 1999, they heard the report, which advocates and saying that he was about to give Mandela, but Mandela said, no, hand it over to Tabo, because Tabo would be the one that's going to take over. Mm. Now, but uh, what has happened is that that report, I think then, would have died with the people that were responsible for those mass murders. Mm. So now, that has not happened because it was never put on the table for those people to be charged for this, that horrendous uh, action of the 1985. Now, with now, the NPA started to say, no, 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 let's go back and deal with those cases of the TRC. Now, they have appointed Advocate Zabanza uh, to play his role in terms of finalizing the whole thing and provide a report to the NPA so that the NPA can take charge of that particular report. If there are any people that are still alive that needs to be charged around this particular matter, to be charged as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let's also talk about the state of the memorial. Um, you were lamenting earlier on today that it's been vandalized, it's been desecrated. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we had this particular heritage site with that dwarf monument that is there on the site. Uh, then, when it was built, it was very nice. And then it had securities that were uh, mending the facility. But every time when the security is taken out of that facility, uh, the place started to be vandalized. And uh, every time the sport location arts and culture in the Nelson Mandela Bay, we had to inform them that there is a situation here. So what we did is the Youth National Foundation, we then engaged them that they fenced the area. Because it cannot be open as such without any person mm. uh, looking after the place. But as there were those people uh, of track of the sport, recreation, and action culture saying, okay, fine, now we've put up a fence. Why would you need uh, a security? We said, no, people must protect. Remember, our, 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 ours is to preserve the history. But that preserving that history, the place itself, the historical site, has to be protected. So they started to employ two people again that would... Uh, look over the place or being securities for the place, later on they take them out. When they take them out, evangelism started uh, to take its place. So from ever, I think five years ago, when they took out the security there, that place was terribly vandalized. Mm. 
if you look at it today, uh, you can't even say it's a healthy site. It's eight. It, 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 it is now. Mm, mm, mm. It's terrible. I mean, the bricks that we had on the floor have been taken out. Uh, everything has been taken out. That place, uh, it's no more mm. a place that you can call it a historical and heritage site. Whose responsibility yeah. is it to look after it? I mean, look at the Valkabani, Kunsegispa, Lendau, Bakwamatanda, Nogaya Valeka, Yalungi, so it gets repaired and so on. It is the responsibility of the municipality to ensure that that place is protected. Mm. Yes. Yes, over and above that, we need to concentrate even people on the ground uh, in our community to say, look, please assist in ensuring that uh, this place is looked after. Uh, is be looked after. Mm. Now, but uh, the state of crime in our communities now is it's, it's extremely high. I can tell you even now that even the police station that we are having here, Kamesh, it closes at 5 o'clock. Aibu. After 5 o'clock, yes. After 5 o'clock, all gates are locked. If you have a case, you have to make a noise outside the gates. It will then open the next morning. That's mm. how, mm. that's what our situation is in, in Kualang. Mm. So, the system, the police that we are currently having are also scared of this crime who is ever going to protect us mm. as the people of Yutnik yeah. in Kuala. Now the other thing uh, about Malchas just as we wrap up uh, which I think mm. is important in relation to this comment on crime we have seen mm. I mean in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro including you know parts of Karicha, Konobushe, Kolanga and so on um, mm. an increase in violent forms of crime you know, gun-related crimes committed by very, very young people. Um, I mean, to what degree is, you know, a telling of this kind of history, of this rich history of the people of that part of the world um, and conscientizing young people about this history, part of how we deal with some of this crime? Because, you know, I guess it's linked to even the lack of recreational facilities, the lack of sports and all of those other matters, which, of course, then, I guess, uh, make to some degree, violent crimes of this kind, a, a pastime, not only a form of entertainment, but I guess also a form mm. to resolve disputes among the young people in that part of the world. Yeah. Now, the terrible thing about our municipality in terms of dealing with issues of the youth, uh, you'll find in Gala that there are no sports fields. The sports field that you even have, that's one of that is currently uh, called Kembani Stadium. Uh, it's not even a proper field for uh, for sport, and it's the only field that is available. And we've got other spaces for fields for young ones to keep them busy, but those fields are not even uh, 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 cleaned or maintained by the municipality. The other thing is that we've got holes here. Those holes are rather being uh, rented out to churches that they book the place for the whole for the whole year. Now you tell me when you don't have recreational uh, 
facilities where you can engage, uh, where you can take the young ones uh, after school. They go to those halls uh, so that they can be assisted through the games, better system, like teachers and other things. We don't have those facilities. So what we are helping, we have young men, young uh, boys here roaming around, watching TVs and whatever they see on TV, they want to practice in mm. our community. That's why we have now a lot of young people that are carrying guns, but these young boys, they don't even work. So you ask me, where do they get those guns? Mm. But the reality is that we have also found out that's why we have a police station that is closing at five. It's because the very same police station has been robbed by this young, by mm. this young man. Mm. Uh, they get robbed of their watches, cell phones, and even the guns. Because you can own a gun, but how are you going to pay for the ammunition? Mm. Well, there is a lot of ammunition in Utrecht every month. There is a case of people being killed or being robbed every time. And also the low shedding playing its role. If there's low shedding starting from 8 o'clock, uh, after the low shedding, you will hear something else. Mm. Or while there's low shedding, you will hear guns, uh, uh, people shooting guns. So people in fighting Utnik are also in fear. So it's, it's a terrible situation, yeah. but yeah. we have learned out. We have learned a lot out of the the shutdown that is taking place now. That mm. here it is that our police do have the resources mm. to deal with these crimes that are here in our towns. Mm. So if they would ever act in the form that they've been acting on this issue of the shutdown, I'm telling you, they will deal with crimes up to each. Last night, mm. Mr. Malgas, that's the situation. Yeah, Masishi for taking the time out to speak to us uh, and uh, yeah. sharing with us, I guess, uh, also the rich history of this event, but also some of the contemporary challenges. Yeah, hey, you know, that there was uh, Mr. Nicholas Malgas, a chairperson of the Langa Massacre Foundation, uh, sharing with us. Uh, all that unfolded on that fateful day out in uh, Dinacha. Uh, give us a ring. We're out on 86 You can also send us your voice notes on WhatsApp.